Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, featuring your host, Anna Jaworski. Our program is designed to empower the CHD or congenital heart defect community. Our program may also help families who have children who are chronically ill by bringing information and encouragement to you in order to become an advocate for your community. Now, here is Anna Jaworski. to the 13th episode of the second season of Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Our purpose is to empower members of our community with resources, support, and advocacy information. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, chronic diseases or non-communicable illnesses that are prolonged in duration do not resolve spontaneously and are rarely cured completely. Clearly, our children born with critical congenital heart defects suffer from chronic diseases. Most of our children with critical congenital heart defects have palliative surgeries. This means that they have surgeries that optimize the child's anatomy, but these surgeries do not cure the child's heart defect. The child's heart does not function like a child's heart without that heart defect. The University of Michigan Health Systems states that about 15 to 18% of children in the United States live with a chronic health condition. Many more of our children born with major heart defects are living to adulthood. For the first time in history, there are now more adults alive than children being born with congenital heart defects or CHDs. Coping with a chronic illness can be discouraging and scary. It is incredibly important to stay hopeful. Don't ignore your worries or your negative feelings. They need to be recognized and addressed, but it's not helpful to dwell on them. If you find the positive side of things and keep your eye on the potential positive outcomes, you will be teaching your child a valuable lesson and maintain your ability to cope as well. And this is according to the University of Michigan Health Systems. We parents of children with critical congenital heart defects are living with chronic illnesses, which by definition means that we're spending more time in the hospital with our children, at doctor's appointments, and dealing with issues on a daily basis that remind us that our children have a new normal life. We have the opportunity as a caregivers for these children to make the best of the situation. And one way we can do that is by making every day special. That is why our topic today, making memories every day for our CHD families, is so important. To discuss this topic, our guests today are Heart Mom Kathy Baker, Heart Mom Dawn Silverman, and Heart Mom Marie O'Donnell. Kathy Baker is a wife and a full-time mother to two amazing boys, Aiden and Jacob. Jacob was prenatally diagnosed with HLHS, or hypoplastic left heart syndrome, and an intact atrial septum. The Baker family traveled from West Virginia to Philadelphia for Jacob's birth and surgeries. 
He required immediate intervention and has battled airway issues along with his heart condition. Jacob has had three open-heart surgeries and a complete airway reconstruction along with countless other procedures. He has struggled with speech delays but is making great progress. Despite all of his challenges, Jacob is now a rambunctious four-year-old who loves trains and playing with his older brother, Aiden. As a family, they love making memories by celebrating even the smallest of holidays. The Bakers love doing crafts and snapping tons of pictures of everyday adventures. Jacob has a blog dedicated to his journey at www.jacobspecialheart.blogspot.com, and that will be in the bio section of the Heart to Heart with Anna website. We'll meet Don Silverman and Marie O'Donnell later in our show. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Kathy. Thank you, and I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about how we can make every day special. I love reading your blog, and I love how Jacob looks so happy in so many of the posts on your blog. Even in the hospital, it looked like you tried to make special memories for Jacob. I noticed that he had trains in bed with him. Yeah, my <laughs> Alexander absolutely loved trains when he was little, too, so that looked like something that my Alex would have loved as well. And can you tell us about something special you did? in the hospital to make it seem less scary and a lot more fun. Jake goes nowhere without his train. So I actually had found um, a little portable train set. It's almost like a little carrying case. And it folds out and it stores his trains inside. And then it was perfect size for on his bed. So we got that specifically for the hospital stays. And it gets a lot of use. You know, it's very hard to keep kids out of that kind of hospital depression funk when they're in there, and and it's always a struggle to try to find things to entertain them, especially when they're stuck in bed for so long. So we've always tried to put together little treasure chests or boxes full of surprises for Jake. Not spending a fortune, we just get little puzzles or books or new coloring books and maybe a new train, Um, little toys Mm -hmm. so that he has something to look forward to, especially when, you know, they're having so many different procedures done, little bravery rewards for him, and I usually I usually try to throw a couple things in there for his older brother because he has to sacrifice his summers and times in the hospital, too. So we've always tried to make a big deal about him being the awesome big brother and tried to include him in on the fun. We try to do things like chalkboard so it would help with communication and, you know, things that are easy to play in bed but that also entertain him along with his favorite movies and different items like that to try to make it a little bit easier for him when he's stuck in the hospital for weeks at a time. And that can be such a struggle. And it's interesting because it's a different kind of struggle depending on what age they are. When they're a baby, it's very upsetting because you know that that's not normal, but they don't really know that it's not normal. By the time they're toddlers, yeah. they know it's not normal. And they yeah, his, his fun time was a lot harder. It was a lot more of a struggle mm-hmm. last year, his last open heart surgery, because he was more aware and you could tell he was depressed. For the first week, he wasn't allowed out of bed. He had a lot of access issues, so they had to keep his heart in longer and so it was a struggle to try to entertain him and then even after that he had chest tubes were there a couple of weeks and he wanted to hop out of bed and go and play and so it's hard to try to find ways to entertain them the little treasure chest full of items really helped out because he was able to pick something he wanted to play with and it's a little special surprise for him you know he loves his toys at home but something new even as simple as a coloring book something new just brightens up their day and makes it a little bit easier for them to make it a little less 
scary for them and have some things from home. Like we always bring his blankie and his favorite movies and things like that to try to make it a little bit easier for him as well. And then if we have short stays and we're going to, say, the hospital for a clinic visit because we have to travel for everything, I try to plan things like once a year when he has his neurocardiac clinic, we try to stay at Great Wolf Lodge. So instead of seeing it as the dreaded going to the hospital, he remembers the adventures we had. No, we can't do that as often because of the cost of it, but we're going to the zoo for a day. A lot of hospitals will give you free tickets. They usually have a department or the social workers you can ask. I know with Cincinnati's children, you can get tickets to the zoo or the aquarium. So we try to tack that on as well so they remember the adventures and something fun along with all the other stuff that they have to do. That's great. I didn't know that the hospitals would give tickets to the zoo. I'm sure that depends on what hospital you're in. <laughs> it does, but like but, I know in Philadelphia, the Ronald McDonald House had some, but you don't always know that. You you know, so even if you're not staying at the Ronald McDonald House, if you're staying at the hospital, you can call them and ask. And like I said, I know Cincinnati Children's has them at the hospital, and I think it's like once a year you can get them for the whole family. But even if your hospital doesn't do it, it's worth a shot to call the Ronald McDonald House, the local one, and just see what they have because they get a lot of tickets donated sometimes. And so you may be surprised, and that's an inexpensive way to try to do something fun while you're up there having to deal with the rest of the stuff. So it makes it fun for the kids. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great tip. I bet a lot of people don't even think to do that. So thanks for sharing that, Kathy. I noticed that when I was getting to know you to ask you to come on the show that you're very much like me. You just try to make everyday opportunities special as well. So what's your favorite ritual with your children? We try, and it doesn't work out every week, but we try on Fridays, especially during the school year when they're at school, to do family movie night. And we got a blow-up mattress specifically for that because the kids always wanted me to drag the mattress out, and that just will kill your back if you're trying to do that every time. <laughs> so we got a blow-up mattress, and the kids love helping to blow it up. They run and get all the pillows and the blankets, and we make a big bed on the floor in the living room, and they pick out a movie. And, I mean, you can go to Redbox and get a movie for a dollar and make some popcorn and they really look forward to that. All I have to say is movie night, and they get all excited and want to help out, and it's fun. I mean, they spend half of it jumping from the couch onto the blow-up mattress and, (laughs) um, you know, being rambunctious little boys. But it's a fun time where we can just kind of slow down from the week and just spend some time together. So I think that would probably be what I would think our favorite ritual with the kids would be. We do different rituals during the holidays that are also fun, like the elf on the shelf. I try to create magic for them whenever I can, and they love, love, love that because I'll have the elf TP the Christmas tree or like I mean we do all kinds of crazy crazy things and on St. Patrick's Day they have a, a leprechaun that will show up and create mischief and leave them little notes and it's so fun seeing the magic in their eyes it's fun for me too but just being able to create that magic for them when they're young has been really great. I agree and there are certain holidays that really lend themselves better to that like mm-hmm. Easter and being able to make the Easter egg hunts and dying eggs yep. and doing all those fun things and of course Christmas is a big one for <laughs> Christians so. That makes yep, it exactly. easy for us as well. But I really love what you said about trying to create the magic for them whenever you can. I think that's just so important. They need that sense of awe. And I yeah. think our children have that stolen from them way too soon. And part of it is that our children have to face things that most children don't with the frequent doctor's visits and hospitalizations and some of our kids have to see different therapists and sometimes the magic is gone when you have all of that stuff that you're dealing with. So I love it that you are creating magic as often as you can. 
we all understand how to make memories when we go on vacation, but what are a couple of ways your family makes special memories without spending a lot of money? Because I know that for a lot of us, we're spending a lot of money on medical care, on therapies and other things, so we don't have as much money to spend in a big way to make those special memories. So how can we do this on a tight budget, Kathy? Exactly, and we are actually on a very tight budget, so we struggle with that because I want to give them everything, but of course we don't have the money to be able to do big trips all of the time. So even if it's not a holiday, I try to do little fun things, like Jake loves birthdays and randomly he'll just get on this birthday kick. So one day when he was doing that, I said, you know what, it's Mickey Mouse's birthday. So we got his Mickey doll. I had a cake in the cabinet, so we baked the cake, and I found some old balloons put aside, and he just lit up because he was just kind of talking about birthdays, and so we turned it into a big birthday party for Mickey Mouse, and the kids and I sat around the table and sung happy birthday and had cake, and they had so much fun. And it was just kind of a made-up little adventure we did, but they really, really enjoyed it. We try to do a lot of little crafts. Like on 4th of July, I found some old white t-shirts and I had paint. And so we took their handprint on the t-shirt for the blue part of the flag and they painted stripes and they wore the shirts all day. And that was a keepsake for me too because it has their handprint on it and I wrote their name and their age on it. And they were excited to go to grandma's house and show her, you know, the shirts they made. And it was kind of a way for me to give them a lesson about 4th of July and what it's about. And we made little shish kebab out of fruit and made a flag out of that. So even things that you... (laughs) A lot of people do a barbecue, but I try to look up little crafts or do little inexpensive things with the kids, and they have fun, and I can teach it into a learning experience as well for them, but it's just fun for them. So I try to make big deals when I can. With busy schedules, you can't always do everything, but once in a while, you know, it took me less than an hour to bake the cake with them and do the little party, and it meant the world for him. And so just doing things like that, I think, has been really fun for the kids and I and a way to turn an ordinary day into something special. I love that. That's awesome. I know one thing that my boys loved when they were your children's ages was finger painting. So we frequently had easels in the kitchen so they could just finger paint to their heart's delight. And of course, more than the easels got But I always got the washable kind, so it wasn't too much of a problem if the refrigerator also ended up having some finger paint on it. That's great. Exactly. (laughs) And I took in Jake's room, I took like half the wall and painted it as a chalkboard and found an old piece of wood downstairs and used an old piece of molding that I split the wall with. And all I had to buy was the chalkboard paint. And he uses that so much. He loves to just go and draw on the chalkboard and do his ABCs. Mm -hmm. And I think that was one of the best things I did because he has so much fun using that and it was so simple but then he can go in and write on his wall whenever he wants and and I don't have to worry about it. Oh I love that. Well I saw tons of photos on your blog so can you tell me what kind of documenting you do regarding the special memories that you make with your boys? I take so many pictures. I probably drive people insane <laughs> on Facebook. It could be not even a special day, just a random day, and I'll take, you know, 100 pictures because you take 100, you get 10 good ones. But I love, you know, I'm not a professional photographer, but it's kind of a hobby for me. And so I love taking pictures of the boys. They're to the point where they'll say cheese without even looking up, and I'm like, <laughs> they used to be with the camera. I really love, love taking pictures, and especially since Jake, it means so much more to me because, you know, as much as we try not to think about it or focus on it, we don't know how much 
time we have with them. And I think the memories that we do make are so precious and are so important. And I think taking those pictures, they mean more to me than anything. If the house was on fire after the kids are out, the pictures are the only thing that would really Mm -hmm. mean that much to me. And I think because they capture the everyday smiles and growing up and they also document what he's been through. Not everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, wants to take pictures in the hospital, but to me it was important because I want to be able to show him one day everything, you know, he fought through to be here and how brave he was. And I started the blog originally to inform family and friends so I didn't have to say the same thing over and over, but it's become almost therapeutic for me as well because I can document the pictures and what he's gone through. And I think it's just really important to me to have those memories captured. And I'd like to take the pictures and I upload them on different sites to, you know, order prints. But I also, when I can, like to do a photo book here and there to to kind of capture the fun times as well. So I'm a big picture taker. That's really (laughs) special. Now, when my boys were little, my children just celebrated birthdays this last week. So Alex turned 20 and Joey turned 23. It was a long time ago. (laughs) They were little like your boys are. And so we didn't have the ability to make photo books like what you can do now so easily. But we could buy those inexpensive little photo albums. And I would also take a ton of photos and make them their own little portable photo albums. And when we went to the hospital or we went anywhere in a car because we lived out in the country, so it was always a journey to go anywhere they had their little photo albums that they could look at. They had pictures of Aunt Karen and Aunt Susan and their cousins. And it was something special for them. And it was kind of like a way for them to keep home with them all the time. And I think that makes the doctor's appointments a little bit less scary. I still love looking at pictures, you know, the old photographs my mom kept of us. So I know the kids one day will enjoy looking at them. And I think I love that we live in a a day and age where we can take photos like we do and store so many of them. But I think there's nothing better than a printed photo in a photo album to just look through, too. Yeah, there is something special about that. I wonder if our kids will be so accustomed to digital stuff when they get older that they're like, what's this photo album thing? Look, all the know. Kathy, what's the best advice you have for parents who have a child with a heart defect regarding making memories? You've already shared so many, but tell me what your very best advice is, and it may be a philosophy. It's just the time goes by fast. I mean, I remember when Jake was first born and thinking the Fontan seems so far away and how are we going to get there? And now he's four. He's past that. And I think taking pictures is important. And even if you're not sure if you want to take them at the time, you don't want to get later on and be like, oh, I wish I would have. You don't have to share them with people. They can be your own private thing to keep. But you may want to have that one day. So I think as far as not missing the opportunity to take photos when you can, even if it's during the hard times, because I think that they also show strength. I enjoy going back and looking at old pictures of Jake in the hospital and thinking, look how far he's come. You know, how look how mm-hmm. seeing the side-by-sides are amazing. And I just think taking time for everyday moments, too. Life happens so fast. We're so busy. And I think even if it's something silly like celebrating Mickey's birthday or if, you know, your kids want to play a game and you have a million things on the list to do, the dishes can wait. You know, the laundry can wait. <laughs> That's always going to be there. But they grow up so fast in the blink of the eye, whether they're healthy or not, they grow up fast. So I think it's important to kind of slow down and try to enjoy those moments because like you were just saying with your kids, they grow up so fast. And so I think we need to enjoy it while we can. And even if you feel silly doing that, some of the different things with them, it means the world to them. And that's what matters. And I think giving them as many happy, amazing moments as you can will mean the world to them. 
Well, I love all of that. That's all perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the show with me, Kathy, and for sharing with us. Now it's time for a commercial break, but don't leave. Coming up, we have a heart mom with another child with a complex heart defect, and we'll discover how she makes memories every day with her son when we return to Heart to Heart with Anna. Anna Jaworski has written several books to empower the congenital heart defect, or CHD, community. These books can be found at Amazon.com or at her website, www.babyheartspress.com. Her bestseller is The Heart of a Mother, an anthology of stories written by women for women in the CHD community. Anna's other books, My Brother Needs an Operation, The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more. Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blues Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home tonight forever. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today we are talking with heart moms Kathy Baker, Don Silverman, and Marie O'Donnell. We just finished talking with Kathy about her experience of having a child growing up with a congenital heart defect and how she makes every day special for her son. And so now we'll turn our attention to Don Silverman. Don is a licensed mental health counselor, freelance writer, and full-time mother of three children, Cameron, 14, Leah, 11, and Kaden, who is five years old. As a congenital heart defect advocate, Dawn is pursuing her PhD in psychology and is currently writing her dissertation on the pregnancy experiences of mothers whose babies have been diagnosed with single ventricle hearts. Kaden was prenatally diagnosed with hypoplastic left heart syndrome, or HLHS. He has undergone three palliative open-heart surgeries at Miami Children's Hospital and will be starting kindergarten this year. It is important to Dawn and her husband, Evan, to not let Caden's HLHS diagnosis define who he is or what he can do. Because of that, they try to find magic in everyday experiences. They make family time a priority by finding fun activities to do on a regular basis. They also create many special memories by traveling. Caden has been to many exciting places, and they're planning a family trip to Europe this fall. Dawn tries to preserve all of the family experiences through photos and videos. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Dawn. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Many of our regular listeners will remember that you were on the show with babysitting and daycare, but today we're talking about something totally different. I love how in your bio you talked about making magic every day, just like Kathy and I were talking about. So I think that's something common amongst us heart moms. What do you think, Dawn? I agree. So much of what Kathy said resonated within me and the stuff that we do. And even going back to your introduction with the power of positive thinking, I 
believe so firmly in that, and I see it every day, and I think that's part of the magic that we make in our children's lives by just being positive around them and having that vibe transfer to them just changes the whole atmosphere within the family and how these children may perceive their diagnoses. I think it does make just a difference across the board, so I love that you brought that up and how Kathy kind of reinforced that notion. We try to not make his HLHS the focus of each day and instead just let the day unfold and see what it has in store for us. I think that's interesting how you kind of mentioned that as parents that we need to try to normalize their experiences because of everything that they have to go through. And for me, I almost feel like the opposite has happened that Caden, through his kind of zest for life, I think on some level he just realizes that he's got a lease on life in a sense, that he brings that out in us. It's through him that I'm motivated to stop and smell the roses, so to speak, because that's what he does, and I have no choice but to follow. So whereas I might be wanting to run up into the store, he's the one that stops and points out the bugs on the ground and this and that, and, and it reminds me, yes, let's stop. We don't need to go into the store right now. Let's let's look, and what kind of bug is that? And let's see if we can figure out the name of it. And I follow his lead. So he's kind of taught that special lesson to us and to our family. It's amazing what our children can teach us, and it's also amazing what our children bring out of us. Mm -hmm. I love what you said about reinforcing that positive image and that positive atmosphere. My children are now adults, and it's been very interesting to talk to Joseph, who's my heart-healthy son, to see how he remembers his childhood. I was really afraid that having a critically ill brother might make him feel anxious, nervous, worried about his brother, and none of that is true. (laughs) I think because he did create such a positive environment, and we did take time to look at the bugs and to figure out what their names were and what they were eating and what have you, just like what you were saying with Katie. Joey and Alex and I did that as well. But it was a little bit easier for us because Alex and Joey are only three years apart. With your children being so far spread out in age, is the process of making memories with them a little bit more challenging? How do you do it with your children being so far spread apart? <laughs> and plus not only different ages but different genders as well complicates yes. it even further. I think right. on one level it's been easy because there is a five-year gap between Caden and his sister. So in that sense when he came into this world. She was already in school, so it was kind of like having a first child again. So it was easier to make daytime things special with him because I was home with him and uh, he didn't have to compete with with his brother and sister since they were in school. Going back to the stuff at the hospital, his brother and sister were so integral, especially during his last surgery when he was older. He was, I think, three or two, three, three years old when, when he had the Fontan. They were the ones that made the hospital day memorable for him, knowing my older son would get out the iPad and start Googling pictures of trains or monorails and things of that nature. So the doctors would be doing rounds or Caden would be needing a transfusion and he wouldn't even be paying attention because my son knew how to keep his interest by looking at Google pictures, which I would have never in a million years thought to do. (laughs) Or we would FaceTime them so he would get to talk to his brother and sister from the hospital. At the time, my son had a huge Lego collection, so my son would just show the phone at the Lego trains going around his room for like a half an hour, you know, just showing Caden the trains that were going on in the house and making Caden feel like he was not missing out, that he was part of what was going on. And then as far as when we're all together, as you had mentioned before with my husband and I, we try to make it 
definitely a priority to find stuff to do with them. And being we're in South Florida, that can mean just getting out and driving along the coast to the beach to finding different places here that you can go for free that do like marine rescue and sea turtle rescue. Mm-hmm. So we try to find places like that, lighthouses, even going to the airport. That one seems to, my daughter is not as thrilled with that one, but at least my other two boys <laughs> just to sit out and watch the planes. Just little things that don't necessarily cost a ton of money, but we try to take a, a family day out where we try to take everyone's interest into consideration and someone may not totally enjoy what we're doing this week, but we'll know then the following week we'll try to find something more geared towards that child. But trying to find just interesting activities that usually have to do with nature or a or transportation that Mm -hmm. I remember. And those are the sorts of memories I remember growing up and the things that stick out. And I want them to have those same types of memories. And the other thing that you mentioned that we do, we do a lot of traveling and that, you know, I Mm -hmm. I understand that not all, all families have the resources to do that. I'm very thankful that we do because we do make it a point at least once a year to travel somewhere. This Caden, for whatever reason, I think because he's got older brother and sister, is so into all the different landmarks. So lately, we've been trying to find vacations that center around those. So we've been to Washington, D.C., and he was so excited to see the White House that the cab driver purposely went like out of his way to take us to the White House to show him on the way to the hotel because he kept asking once we got there, is this the White House? Is this the White House? And the big one this last year was New York. He he is, for some reason, the biggest New York fan, and he's been talking about the statue. Liberty. He said he had two wishes would be to see the Statue of Liberty and to see Spider-Man because Spider-Man lives in New York in case people don't realize that. So we were able to magically have both those wishes granted when we got to New York. We happened to find Spider-Man in Times Square and um, oh my gosh. he saw, he saw really? the Statue of Liberty and he was so excited and he loves that sort of stuff and he talks about all of our trips and it's something that appeals to all of the children because they all mm. can get something special out of that. And it's amazing when we go on these vacations that the pilots just, I think there's something about these heart kids that people just have reactions to them because every time mm-hmm. we get on a plane, a pilot will stop him and have him come into the cockpit and let him do pre-flight checks and let him do all these cool, fun things that he just loves. And he talks about it and the other kids talk about it too. As long as he's capable, that's kind of our feeling. Again, sort of what Kathy was saying that you don't know how much time we have. We figured we're not saving for that rainy day right now that we have him here and we're just going to go with it as long as he can travel, as long as he's healthy to do this stuff. We're just trying to expose them all to everything that we can. So that's yeah, a big that's fun, fun thing for our family. You learn so much from traveling. It's just yes. amazing to me what you can learn from traveling. So I think that's a great idea. What is your best advice for other parents who have children with heart defects so they can make every day special? It's coming down to knowing what your child's capable of doing and working within that. So obviously it's different for each parent. We're fortunate enough that Caden can get out and do things and experience things out there in the world. 
I do also try to do things, again, like stopping to see the bugs and making a whole thing out of it. So if he notices a caterpillar, like this happened just the other day on the tree outside, there was a whole bunch of caterpillars, and he was wondering if they were poisonous. So we made a whole science experiment out of it. We observed <laughs> them, and we observed what they looked like and their color, and then we got to the computer, and we typed in, you know, caterpillars that were green and fuzzy, and then we looked through all the pictures, and we found the ones that matched the ones that were on our tree, and then we looked at them, we found out their names, and we found out that how they're poisonous, and then we looked to see what type of butterflies they would turn into, and it turned into a whole activity that he called his grandparents to tell them, guess what about, and, and just something as simple as just seeing a, you know, a caterpillar on a tree turned out to be an entire learning experience for him, and I think it's those sorts of things to do, because that's the sort of things. I think when kids get older and they look back, are the things that they're going to remember that you spent the time to sit and and find out what kind of bug this was or what kind of tree that is and and that you took the time to do that. We could have just come back inside and I could have just put the television on for him. You know, and but instead it was a whole learning process and it not only fosters that love of knowledge with for the children, which I also think is important, but it does help to create those memories of sitting around and researching with mom. And even his brother and sister got in on that, helping because that kind of piqued their interest too. Well, what kind of caterpillars are those? <laughs> so, you know, before you know, we were you know we were all little junior like experts here in the house. <laughs> I love that. That's just so awesome. Well, it's so much fun to learn together. And I was a homeschool mom, so both of my boys were homeschooled with me, and that's how every day was with us. It was always an adventure. We were always looking things up together and reading together and learning together. And I hope those are the memories that my boys hold dear because I certainly do. I, I loved learning with my children. I think I had the best time out of everyone because I got to learn everything through their eyes. And it was very yes. refreshing and so much fun. Plus, learning things through boys' eyes Totally different than learning things through a girl side. Yes, definitely. So okay. not the caterpillar example would be perfect because my daughter's exactly. reaction was just, ew, <laughs> why do you care about <laughs> bugs? You know? The gender definitely does play a role, whereas she would probably be happy to go to the butterfly portion of the zoo to look right, at right. all the different butterflies. But your sons would be definitely too funny. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Dawn. I can't believe our time is up already. We do have to take a quick commercial break, but don't leave yet. We still have another heart mom who is going to come up and tell us not only how she found ways to make special memories for her daughter, but also how she's helping to make special memories for other children, too. Find out what organization she works with and how you could get involved, too, when we return to Heart to Heart with Anna. Anna Jaworski has spoken around the world at congenital heart defect events, and she is available as a keynote or guest speaker for your event. Go to hearttoheartwithanna.com to learn more about booking Anna for your event. You can also find out more about the radio program. Keep up to date with CHD resources and information about advocacy groups, as well as read Anna's weekly blog. Anna wants you to stay well-connected and participate in the CHD community. Visit hearttoheartwithanna.com today. Texas Heart Institute were offering us a mechanical heart, and he said, no, Dad, I've had enough. Give it to someone who's worthy. My father promised me a golden dress to twirl in. He held my hand and asked me where I wanted to go. Whatever strife or conflict that we experienced in our long career together was always healed by humor. 
Heart to Heart with Michael. Please join us every Thursday at noon Eastern as we talk with people from around the world who have experienced those most difficult moments. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today we are talking with heart moms, Kathy Baker, Don Silverman, and Marie O'Donnell. We just finished talking with Kathy and Don about how they make memories for their sons. And now we'll turn our attention to Marie O'Donnell, mom to a heart warrior, Anna, age 13. Anna's complex cardiac diagnosis came at 18 weeks gestation, just four and a half months after Marie married her husband, Brian. Their honeymoon baby taught Marie more about life and love than she could have ever imagined. Since becoming a mother, Marie makes certain she enjoys every moment she has with her family. She can find a positive spin to even the darkest days and finds her family's sense of humor always is the best medicine. In addition to being a busy mom, Marie finds joy in her kindergarten classroom and volunteering as a wish grantor for Make-A-Wish New Hampshire. Her heart is full, whether she's at home with her family, at school with her students, or bringing joy to her wish kids. So welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna Marie. Hi there. I love how all three of us have been talking about being positive and setting up a positive environment. And here that is. Because what else can you do? You couldn't do it any other way. Well, you could, but it wouldn't be very happy. And I think that one of the things we heart moms realize is we don't know how much time we have with our children, so let's make the most of every moment. We can't take a moment for granted. Absolutely. It seems to me that one of Anna's best memories was her Make-A-Wish trip. So can you tell us about her Make-A-Wish trip and where she went? Oh, it was absolutely wonderful and magical. Anna was four when a family friend referred her for a wish. And so, like lots of four-year-olds, Anna was convinced she was a princess. And she needed to go to Disney to meet the princesses. So that's what her wish was. And it was just perfect for her. Make-A-Wish was wonderful. They handled all of the details planning-wise, which is actually sometimes tricky as a wish mom. Moms usually are the ones planning trips and things like that for their kids. So giving up that responsibility was tricky for me. But I knew, mm-hmm. it, you know, it was going to be perfect for Anna. And we were lucky. We spent six days in Orlando, and we visited six parks in six days. Of course, came home exhausted, <laughs> but it was well <laughs> worth it. Our extended family met us down there, and so we just followed Anna's every whim. She would hold the map um, of the parks, and she would point to where she wanted to go, and we would all just follow. We had a dinner with Cinderella and Prince Charming and the Fairy Godmother that Make-A-Wish had arranged, and she was able to sit in the carriage um, dressed in her costume, and she was kind of like, see, I told you people, (laughs) this is where I'm meant to be. Um, The staff was just amazing. Everywhere we turned, somebody was giving her a present and just kind of reinforcing that belief that she always had, that she was running the show. She was able to start the big parade at nighttime while we were waiting one night for the parade to start. I pulled the cast member that was kind of getting the crowd together over and said, you know, my daughter's a wish child and she's been talking about being in this parade. Is there anything that she can do to participate? And the woman said, well, I can let her start the parade. So she gave Anna the Mickey dust in her hand and um, counted. And at the count of three, Anna threw the dust and the parade started. And I could have taken her to Disney 
as a regular kid, but I never could have pulled that off, you know. The, just the wonder in her eyes, and she was just so excited. I took 1,500 pictures and braided a book, wow. kind of like what the other moms were saying, you know, those those pictures mean so much. And holding on to those memories really did get Anna through some pretty dark times. So she had a surgery. She had her Fontan surgery right after we got back from Disney. And that book, like the other little guy's train was in his bed, that book was in mm-hmm. Anna's bed with all of her pictures. And she just, she doesn't remember. She's 13 now, so she doesn't actually remember, but she remembers the stories. And, and she has those pictures to help her. It sure. was a wonderful Part experience. Part of her legacy. Absolutely. It's part of of her history. It's part of who she is, even if she doesn't totally remember it. It's it's hard to believe when they're so engaged that there's going to be a day that they don't remember. And me too, actually. You know, there are plenty of the dark times that, you know, there were times when I could have rattled off like a cardiac encyclopedia. And now I kind of, thankfully, that it's been so long that I kind of, you know, have to go back and refresh. Yeah, it's funny to think that way. You do forget some of the things that you never thought you would. But in a way, sometimes that's good. Yes. Some of those dark days are better left behind so that we can focus on the positive things like this Make-A-Wish experience, which was so amazing. And now you are a wish grantor. Can you tell us how you go about becoming a wish grantor and exactly what you do? For me, it was kind of a no-brainer. I'm a kindergarten teacher. Kids are my life. And right from the beginning, when Anna's wish granters came to our house, I started asking. And they suggested I wait until after Anna's wish was completed, which I did. So in 2006, I contacted the Make-A-Wish chapter in my state, and they have training that happened. For me, it was a three- to four-hour conference with lots of other new wish granters, and we learned more about the background of the organization and, you know, things to do, things not to do, you know, that kind of thing, the ins and outs. But for me, really, I couldn't wait to get in with the kids. In fact, plenty of people, when I tell them what I do for Make-A-Wish, they talk to me about, oh, isn't it so hard? These kids are sick and they're not well and it must be so sad. And I find it really the opposite. No matter what's happening for me in my life with Anna or school or whatever, when I meet these families who I find more times than not have that positive attitude that we use in our families. You know, it's just so inspiring. So what I do is I'm paired with a child and another wish grantor, and we go to visit the family at their house and visit with the child and bring them presents so that they'll talk to us. (laughs) And we play and kind of try to get to know the child a little bit and help the child to determine their heartfelt wish. And sometimes it's easier than others. Some children have been nonverbal, and we've had to work with the families. Some children that I've met with have been 17 and have researched online exactly what they want. So it just really kind of depends. It's so important that the wish come from the child without lots of influence from their family. But once we figure out what the child wants to do or to have or to go or to meet a person, then I deliver that information to the Make-A-Wish office, and then they work on all the details. I let the professionals work on all the details. Mm -hmm. I'm just a volunteer that gets to jump in at the fun stuff. And then after all the details of the wish are determined, you know, throughout the process, sometimes wishes take five months to come into fruition. Hopefully, we don't have a rush put on because of the child's illness status, but their doctors have to sign off that the wish is appropriate and safe for the child to participate in and so that sometimes takes some time and in the meantime I send postcards from Mickey or I'll send a countdown calendar or 
little things, tie a balloon to their mailbox with a special note just to kind of keep them along the way knowing that we're in it, we're on it, and it's going to happen. But the best part is once we're ready to deliver the wish, I'm the one that gets to go, and if it's a trip, I deliver the itinerary, and, you know, I'm just the hero, and bring pizza and cupcakes and make a party of it, and it's just, you know, the whole purpose is just to bring joy to kids who have struggled medically, and there's just nothing bad about that. It's really so uh, awe-inspiring. It's really great. Amazing. Well, tell me what advice you would give to parents then who have children with critical congenital heart defects who are wondering, should I look at a -a Make-A-Wish opportunity for my child? Yeah. I'm sure some people wonder, how do you even go about getting started with that? Right. Well, I would encourage people to go on the makeawish.org website. There's a tab for referrals. And I hear sometimes people will say that they want to wait until their child can remember their wish. And I guess going along the theme of make every day important, make every day happen, I think don't wait because, you know, there are no promises. We have Mm -hmm. to live for today. You know, like in my case with Anna, her wish at age four it would be very different at age 13, certainly, but it doesn't take away from the amazing experience we had at the time when she was four. And the people that are working for Make-A-Wish in the state chapters are just waiting to hear from parents and family friends about more kids that need wishes. And so they really, you know, they're eager to spread it for everyone. An interesting thing that our wish grantor, when Anna had her wish, told us is that we were feeling a little uncomfortable. We could afford to bring our child to Disney. So I kind of felt like it might take away from somebody else's wish for somebody that was less fortunate than us. Mm -hmm. And our wish grantor said, well, you know, that's all fine and good. You can afford to bring your child to Disney, but can you have the parade stop and have Cinderella come down and present her glass slippers to your your daughter? And I was like, oh, I I guess I can't really pull that off. So <laughs> there are things that Make-A-Wish can make happen that parents can't. So I would encourage people to start the process. Again, the doctor has to sign off that your child has a life-threatening condition. And that was really humbling to me, actually. In some ways, it's the good news and the bad news. But you don't know if your child is eligible unless you ask. So I would encourage people to ask. That just sounds wonderful. That sounds like wonderful advice. I do think that it does make you face something that's very difficult, though. I know that we consider doing a -a Make-A-Wish for Alexander, and my husband was very much against it. He was like, no, he's going to be fine. We don't need to do that. That's for children who die. But that's not true. It's not just for children who die. It is for children who are critically ill, but it's like you said. It's to give them that once-in-a-lifetime experience. And that's something, especially if they have a mom who takes as many pictures as you do, (laughs) that they can look back on that. And when they're going through the hard times, that's kind of like a touchstone for them. That's an opportunity for them to go back in time to a much happier place and to a time where they felt really special and grab that sense of purpose and that sense of well-being that they had at that moment. Right. I think you're right. I think it's an awesome experience. And I encourage the parents who are listening to the show to reach out. And if their child can't go, maybe they can become a wish grantor and help some other children. It's not not always a trip. There was that boy that was in the news just recently in San Francisco, the little five-year-old who wanted to be Batman, and the whole city (laughs) came out for him. And that was amazing. It was incredible how the community came together. And we were that family that strangers would stop us give us presents for Anna and it's just so empowering it keeps you going you know when other people recognize that this is 
hard and keep going. So it really right. does fuel us. Well, it certainly helps you with that positive attitude and setting up a positive environment because look at all this that people are doing because people love you and people who don't even know you, which I think is very heartwarming. Well, thank you so much, Marie, for coming and sharing so many wonderful experiences with us. We do have to take one more quick commercial break, but don't leave because when you come back, we'll all be in the studio together. Let's find out what parting advice our moms have for making every day special when we come back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today we are talking with heart moms Kathy Baker, Don Silverman, and Marie O'Donnell. I have so enjoyed talking with these heart moms about how they make special memories for their children and how Marie is even making other special memories for other people's children. It has been so much fun to talk to these ladies. It's so easy to be overwhelmed with raising a child with a heart defect, dealing with the medications and the doctor's appointments and hospitalizations. It can suck a lot of the fun out of life, but these women have informed us of ways that we can make even those times special. I love Kathy's advice with bringing a treasure chest and Dawn mentioning how we can take just the smallest moments and make them special with our children. And I I love everything that Marie shared about the Make-A-Wish programs. There will be information on the Heart to Heart with Anna website. If you look at bios, there will be links to all of these different websites that we have mentioned in the show today. So first of all, let me thank each of you, Kathy and Dawn and Marie. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having us. Yes, that's great. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, now we're all in the studio together, and I want to give each one of you one more opportunity to share something special or to ask a question of one of the other guests if something popped into your head while they were speaking, and I'll start with you, Kathy, since you went first. We had just talked about little inexpensive things you can do with your kids. If you're not very creative-minded, I really, really encourage people to go on Pinterest. I briefly talked about that. I use that site a lot just because you can type in any type in crafts for your kids or what grade they're in or how old they are or different holidays, and there are hundreds of ideas on inexpensive things that you can do with your kids at home. So I encourage parents, if they're looking for ideas on different ways of making memories or fun things to do on a rainy day, Utilize that site because there's a lot of fun things that they can do on there. There are. And there's all kinds of crafts. I'm a knitter and a crocheter. They have patterns on there. They have ideas for things that you can do and knitting and crocheting and cross stitch. Everything. You're right. It, it's easy to lose a lot of time on Pinterest, my dear fellow listeners. <laughs> just no be kidding. prepared. That is I true. I'm just thinking I'll be stalking your pages very soon. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
I have an art background, so I really enjoy doing different things with the kids, and I volunteer at their schools to help teach art to their classes. But even with that, I still go on there to look up different ideas, and I'm constantly in awe of some of the things I see on there and how easy it is and that you just wouldn't think of normally. Mm -hmm. That's just such a great resource if you're looking for fun things to do with your kids. It really is, and they give really simple directions with a lot of photographs. But just remember, dear listeners, if yours doesn't come out exactly like the pictures on Pinterest, that's okay. (laughs) Not everything I've made comes out exactly like it looks on the, on the website. Okay. I've had many fails. I know, really. But sometimes that's fun, too. Yeah. <laughs> Just the effort and try. All right. So now let me go to Dawn. Dawn, did you have a last piece of advice or a question you wanted to ask? I actually do. This is advice that was given to me when I was first pregnant with my very first child. So it's not specific to our heart children, but I think it's something that most moms, when they hear about, love the idea. And it goes with saving memories for moms as well as for the kids. I have, over the years, collected all of my children's clothing that I've kept special clothing, like first birthday for children, maybe with with Kaita and things you wore at the hospital. And I have kept everything that had a special meaning to it. And what I'm planning on doing once they get older is I'm actually going to cut up each of their clothes into little squares and make quilt for them, individual ones for them, maybe as wedding presents, graduation presents, I'm not sure yet. And then with whatever's left over, I'm going to quilt together for me so that I have a quilt that contains pieces of clothing from all of their special events that they wore throughout their lives and I think it's such a wonderful keepsake for moms and what an amazing gift to give to your children that they can look through it and they're going to want to know well, what was this one from and what, when did I wear this one and oh I remember that shirt because it was in that picture or I wore that to Disney World and I think it's a great way to in addition to photographs of preserving mm-hmm. uh, memories and reliving them and then having it as, as an heirloom piece that can then pass through the years. So that's a wonderful like, tip that was given to me so long ago. And people think I'm crazy that I have kept all of my children's clothing, but I haven't. And now <laughs> one day it will be put to good use. Well, I, I think didn't it's a keep good. all of my children's clothing, <laughs> but I kept all of my boys' special T-shirts from my older son was a swimmer, so I have all of his swim shirts, and I have all of Alex's robotic T-shirts that have the name of their team, and some mm-hmm. of them have the names of all the members, and that's my dream someday is to make a quilt for him. With all I think, of those. too, it's, it's also a, a thing we haven't talked too much, but for all the CHD angels that are out there and the parents who have unfortunately mm-hmm. lost their children, it's a way mm-hmm. that perhaps keep memories of their children if they have kept their baby clothes a lot of times they don't know what to do with their child's stuff after their child unfortunately passes and I think that's a special gift that you can make or offer to make for a friend if they've lost their child and what they can do with the clothes so that they can still have it near them in in a way that's preserved and special also I love that that's awesome Dawn okay Marie you get the last word my dear Oh, terrific. Really, I just want to reiterate to encourage people to go to the makeawish.org website and explore what other kids have wished for and to think out of the box when helping their child think about a heartfelt wish. It's really, it can be something as fun and expensive as a trip to Dubai, or it could be like that little boy who became Batman in San Francisco. But you just don't know what magic can come. You can't really plan it all the way through, so you just have to to take that first step. I love that. That's awesome. Well, thank 
Thank you, ladies. You all were amazing. And one other real quick note, on HeartToHeartWithAnna.com website, under the bios, when you look for this show, I'm going to post the CongenitalHeartDefects.com website that I run as well because I have a whole section on a lot of different foundations that provide dreams or wishes for children. It's not only Make-A-Wish, but there's also Give Kids the World and the Dream Factory and Children's Hopes and Dreams. There's actually quite a few different organizations that do this, and I just think it's amazing. And that concludes this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Please find and like us on Facebook. Check out our website, hearttoheartwithanna.com, and our Cafe Press Boutique. Follow us on Blog Talk Radio, and remember, my friends, there is hope. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time. 